Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem BPJ number five. That's the joint shear for both men and women, number five. Today, we're going to talk about, um, came across a small book called The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages, and it has a lot of important um, concepts in there and exercises in there that are beautiful, that are wonderful, that I want to share with you. And the revelation that came out from the latest breakthroughs in brain science is the discovery that there's no more powerful motivator in life than joy. And it is nearly universally recognized that your brain function at its best, is at its best, when it is running on the fuel of joy. And for some people it comes naturally, for some people it takes a lot of work, and we don't really need the brain science to newly discover this, from the very fact that it says, that we stress so much simcha in serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, not just on Yom Tevim, where there's a specific extra commandment of Simcha, but overall, and it's stressed through Chazal for thousands upon thousands of years. So we see that they knew, because it's Tyra Sinai, what these brain scientists are just discovering right now. That's just an important point to know in general, that people view our Chazal as being old-fashioned, ancient, not knowing what they're saying, out of their times, chas v'sholem. But the truth be told is that their wisdom is eternal. And this is one of those examples where the truth is, is to do any mitzvah, to be an Erel Chayid, the, the inner motivation of all of it is Simcha. And we need, it's a Chiv, to do our best to be B'Simcha. Which means that we need to develop our emotional capacity to bounce back from difficult emotions or hard situations. Now, what happens is, is when one falls in love or, you know, it happens a lot when you're dating and then you get engaged where your emotional capacity soars, you feel like you're in an emotional high, nothing can get you down. But then there are other days, as we all know, when it, the joy level is so low where it's very hard to even drag yourself out of bed. So you see that simcha, inner simcha, is a tremendous key to emotional capacity to handle life and to thrive in life. And therefore, what we're going to discuss today and possibly in the next few shiurim is the importance of developing the simcha, the importance of shrinking your joy gap, meaning to make sure that that simcha is continuous because it's normal through stresses of life where it sometimes wanes. But the more joy you build into your marriage, the more you'll have a feeling of being in love that will stay strong and grow. This cynical approach of, you know, once you get married and the infatuation stage goes, you know, is over, it's downhill from there, is not true. Doesn't have to be true. Certainly doesn't have to be true. You, with skill, with work, with commitment, husband and wife together, could learn, despite the fact that, yes, the default mode of any marriage is to drift apart if you don't work at it. But if you do work at it, 
then you could create, both of you, this concept of joy with one another and to con- that could sustain you for the rest of your married life going forward, no matter how long you've been married till now. And low joy couples are in trouble, generally speaking, and high joy couples are in good shape, and we need to develop that joy as much as possible. Now, what happens uh, very often is, is that because of being done lekavzchos, stresses in life, things that are overwhelming, they let that joy gap, the gaps between feeling joy spread out too wide, and they start feeling hopeless about themselves, hopeless about their marriage. Now, here's a very, very important point that I want to stress. What's very important is, is that when you feel that gap, let's say there's a point in your marriage where you don't feel that kesher so much, you don't feel that excitement, you don't feel, you don't feel much, and it's becoming monotonous or boring. Now, here's the very important point. That'll happen in every marriage. But what's important there is to avoid what happens when that happens. What happens then is, is when that gap happens, then what happens is, is that there's a resentment that creeps in and bad habits begin to form that creates you to drive you further apart from one another rather than bringing you together. So what the key is in what we're going to talk about today is that as we're working on trying to develop simcha in our lives and simcha with each other, husband to wife, wife to husband, what's equally important is that when you're experiencing that gap or that lower point or that like lull where you don't feel that warmth, to make sure to protect it loyally that even though we're not feeling strongly about each other at this moment, but we will not allow resentment to creep in in that void, We will not allow bad habits to form just because we're not feeling the greatest about ourselves in this marriage right now. We will not allow those bad habits to form. This is generally a side, by the way, in all of life, when you have what the Rabbi Natam says in the Sefer Yashar, Yemeahava, Yemeahsinah, days of love and days of sinah, which is the opposite, or, or, other other way to put it is alias we read those higher points and lower points. Everyone in life suffers through that those lower points in life. And the key really is is to know you're gonna get back up there. But while you're in that low point, even if your heart isn't in it, your brain has to dictate that heart and tell the heart, I know you're not feeling this way now, but I'm going to do this anyway. I don't feel like smiling now, but uh, my brain is telling me I will smile anyway. I don't feel like saying that nice word now of Akar Satoiv, but my brain is telling me I will say it anyway. It's very important, before we start about how to develop that simcha, is to know that when you have that gap, and when you're experiencing that Yemei those lower points, to make sure to be strong about it, both of you, loyally, Okay, so we're in a lull. We're in a little bit of a rut. We're a little bit of like a hamster spinning the wheels at this point. We'll get over that. But don't allow yourself to slip into resentment or starting to do bad behaviors. You continue your good behaviors despite the fact that you're not feeling up to it. That's a very important point. Now, some of these things to create this simcha, which we're going to talk about a lot is one habit is to learn to be playful together and 
That is Avaidas HaKadosh. Um, it's not, you know, when you have a lot of children and responsibilities and parnasa uh, uh, oil and so on and so forth. Nevertheless, with all of that, if a couple dedicates themselves to fill their lives with joy, to have a commitment to have fun together, yes, to have fun together, to learn, whether it's a family trip, whether if they're both extroverts to invite people to their home, whether they're introverts to do something together, you know, in, in that more isolated, you know, uh, thing that they enjoy doing, whatever it takes to learn how to do that. Another aspect that we're going to talk about in this year and upcoming shiurim is to listen for emotions, meaning like this. There are left brain people are very intellectual oriented, logical oriented, and they listen for problems. Right brain people listen for emotions. So it's very, very important like this. For example, this is a, a fake conversation, but here it is. A, husband, a wife is telling her husband something important and he's reading the newspaper, let's say, or putting his nose in the safe or whatever it is. She's telling him something. And at one point she realizes that he's not listening and she explodes. You know, you're not listening to me. I'm talking to the wall. And the husband turns calmly, puts down the paper or puts the safer down, whatever, and repeats word for word for word exactly what his wife says. Word for word. And the wife is puzzled. She's not comforted. She doesn't feel any better. But she's sort of puzzled. He was listening. But the really what's happening is that the husband was listening to his wife with the problem-solving left side of his brain. He was not, what he was not doing then, meaning, am I not talking about even repeating the words? He understood the logic of what she was saying. Even that she, she did. Somehow he was able to do that too. But what he did not do was tune in to her by looking at her in the eyes, listening for the emotions being expressed. That is something where a left-brain dominant person has trouble doing. Many, many stereotypically, men have this issue. And sometimes women have this issue. To learn how to listen for emotions. Very, very important. To know how to use that other side of the brain. That's the less dominant part of the brain as well. So we will talk about that also. About how to listen to emotion. Another thing, which we talked about very often in the main Shalom Bayashiorim, but it cannot be underemphasized, is to appreciate daily. Not long after learning about the power of Simcha, um, someone met this author, tried this experiment, and asked them to take a moment to think about what they appreciated most about their husband or about their wife, or what, what, what were you first attracted to, you know, when you met them, what you admired most about them, what you respected most about them. And he, he had them pivot towards each other, hold hands with each other, make eye contact with each other, and share those feelings of appreciation. And he made one rule, though. The one rule was that when they shared their appreciation, they couldn't use the word but. In other words, they couldn't say, I really admire the way you love the kids and take care of the kids, but I wish you wouldn't do no buts. No buts, because the but pulls it out. Now, I want to put say this as a side. There is a place for those buts. We're going to talk about it later. And we talked about it when we talked about the shiurim 
on the John Gottman idea of there are times, specific times, where you discuss with each other your differences and what's bothering you in a healthy, respectful way. But we're not talking about that right now. There is a place for that, for that but. But right now, when you're expressing appreciation, like this um, this person did, did, and had the couple pivot towards each other, hold hands, make eye contact, and share their feelings with one another, no buts. Just express that thing that you admire and that you love and finish. That's the ground rule. When they did this exercise, it was a shocking thing. The results were shocking. He did this many, many times. They ended up really, really showing tremendous affection and love for one another. Frankly, he said he had to hold them back from snuggling and, and starting to kiss in front of him. That sheer joy is a very powerful thing. And that appreciation is one of the most powerful habits that you can form in building joy. And this is an exercise we're going to talk about more in detail that a husband and wife can do all the time, even if they need the period to a certain extent, cross each other by a table in certain ways. It's mutter, totally mutter, healthy to do. And especially in the Torah period, if you could do it holding hands or or before intimacy, will you do this, try this, pivot towards each other, make eye contact, share your feelings of appreciation, and no buts. This is very important, by the way. There is a place, like we're going to say, you don't hide the, the, the things that are bothering you. You healthy communicate what's bothering you. All this is true. But you take that as designated points in time where you decide to do that. But when it's a point where it's close to actual time for physical intimacy, whenever you arrange it, whenever it's supposed to be, that is not the time for the buts of the appreciation. That's for a different time. Right now, it's the appreciation without the butts. I appreciate and admire the way you love and care for the kids. I appreciate and I love the way you work very, very hard to make Parnassa. And I know it's not easy and I appreciate it. And so on and so forth. Without the butts. Just fully, 100%, unadulterated, pure Hakara Satoiv. You do this, this will create a tremendous power of joy and a Simcha Sachayim within themselves and between themselves. And this is an important good Eitzetayva. I would suggest it to do it in the Nida period, maybe in a less emotional way, but in a more intellectual way, so that you have a certain healthy connection even in the Nida period. But in the Torah period, especially when it's nights when you know you're going to be intimate, that is a perfect time to do this. And it promotes healthy intimacy. Another thing that we're going to talk about in developing habits is because life can be so hectic. What happens very often after a while is that your marriage turns into a business partnership, right? Basically, it's like this. Now, can I know we have a lot of kids and we have to run a house and we have to keep Shabbos and we have to do this and we have to keep Yontiv and so on. So we, we, we divide our times. Who's going to do the cleaning? Who's going to do the working? Who's going to do the organizing? who's going to do the parenting or most of the parenting and so on and so forth. So what we do is, is we have a rhythm in life, which is necessary. So we're not judging anybody. You need a lot of this, but it creates a distance in marriage and burnouts in many areas of our lives. If we just stick to that type of rhythm and couples need to break that rhythm and learn to share joy on a daily basis with each other even while all this is going on, somehow, somewhere, 
You have to figure it out. If you only have barely have time, make that five minutes, make that 10 minutes, make that 15 minutes. You have to do it. It's impossible to sustain joy in your marriage without a certain rhythm that includes a joy, a karasatayv of the previous habit, and also menucha, a certain rest. Just like we talked about playing and enjoying things together, you need to rest together sometimes. There's one couple that this author said knows, sits at the back deck, and I guess they lived in a more rural place, together with a half, in a half hour or more in the evening, and watch the sunset. Some couples played cards every evening for a few minutes before going to bed to rest together, to chill together. Sometimes it's healthy. Alone time is very healthy in the marriage. We're going to talk about that too. It's important to learn each one in its own husband themselves, wife themselves, their own way of unwinding. They need their private time, 100%. But there are ways also that together they can learn to relax and to learn ways to learn how to relax and rest and calm themselves after a hard day, figuring out ways to do that mutually together that breaks the normal rhythm of life of just being a business partnership type of thing, that is a beautiful thing. And that is the Nakuda that we're going to talk about in the next few joint shiurim on how to add this Simchas to one's life, especially in married life, and how to shrink the joy gap, meaning that was your meyerida, that low points that we all have to know how to handle it again, to make sure to be strong then, not to allow resentment to come in, and to continue your good behaviors even if you don't feel it in the heart. There's one of the chinech's biggest yesidus and Mesil's yesharm's biggest yesidus that your external affects your internal, and if your brain tells you, I need to smile more. I don't feel like smiling. I need to smile more. I don't feel like thanking my wife for this supper right now. I'm in a bad mood. But your brain tells you, and you put on that smile, and you say it empathetically, even if you're not feeling it so much. You're not a phony by doing this. You're being real. Thank you very much. So on and so forth. Similar ideas like that. And that's all very, very important. In this book, he goes through the chemistry of of the brain and how it works and why it works, which we're not going to get into now because it's not really Negea. If you're interested in brain function, it is fascinating, but that's not the theme of the Shiorim. But the idea being, though, is to create, you could basically have a bond between people that is either bounded by joy or bounded by fear. Bounded by joy means you smile a lot, you develop positive feelings for each other, being together, or thinking about being together, even when you're not together. You feel secure and comfortable acting like yourself around your husband or wife. You have the ability to connect safely with one another at an emotional level. And that is the joy bond. A fear bond is when you rarely smile, you hide all your emotions, you, you wear masks because you fear people won't be happy to see you as yourself. Isolation becomes normal. Shutting down when problems come up become normal. Losing desire to be have a relationship with your husband and wife, and treating them more like a uh, um, you know an enemy than a friend. Those are fear, are fear bonds, and we need to decrease that, eliminate it perhaps, and to have these joy bonds of smiling, positive feelings, and everything we described up to this point. So we will not talk about the brain function other than one little point here is that bad habits could be overcome by good habits 
and there are niches in the brains. It's brought down, it's fascinating, by the G'dayli Amos, Sarapa. He talks about that there's actually lines in the brains that connect one thing to, you know, connect these paths of, of, of thinking. And you actually, when someone gets addicted to something, basically their path to that habit becomes very, very strong and it's hard to break. And you circumvent it. When, when you circumvent it, there's neuroplasticity where the brain actually finds new roots around that path. So you actually, what you could do to break a habit is when your brain has a niche of, a strong niche of going from here to here, I usually eat three slices of pizza and now I have to cut it completely or only eat one, very hard. But as you practice that self-control and you do it in the healthy way, you strengthen those connections. So the same thing applies with joy, with simcha. Even if now you don't feel it, but the more you practice it, the more you grow that part of your brain that could help you develop it, the more it actually does develop. Your brain actually changes. And it actually gets easier to do. It gets easier to, to get to that point. So Bez Hashem will continue more on this theme. It's a very, very important insight. And we'll have Bez Hashem, hopefully, very practical advice on how to go about um, doing this in a practical way to be marbe simcha and enhance Yishalom Bayis. So it should be a beautiful, beautiful marriage going forward. Hatzlach and bracha.